It's only how you're starting, right? And from that, we can learn something. And so we begin to break it down. And we begin to look at, well, what about this woman? What is so, why is she highly favored? I heard one uh, person say that this term favored means that it's not only at the particular time that you get a blessing, but it means that God has chosen you for an assignment. It's not to say of your status, it's not to say of your lifestyle, but it's saying that God has chosen you, that's why you're favored. Okay? And so she's chosen, but let's take a look at some of the characteristics of why she would be chosen. First one, okay? First one, let me tell you, I like this personally because I feel like I am this way myself. Mary was real. You hear some people say, well, she's a real person. I ain't talking about she's a real person. I'm talking about she was real. Right? Because she says to the angel, she says, why me? I'm not qualified for this, right? She says, um, when he says that she became afraid, verse 30, the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I don't know a man. She was real. I mean, some of us won't talk back to an angel. Oh, I, I can't talk back to God. <laughs> Who told you that? Like God can't take what you got to say to him. Some of us, because we won't be real with God, we stick in our imaginary fantasies and never get past it. Mm. We have to be real. God, you know what? You broke my heart. My heart is broken. I was supposed to remain married. My child was supposed to be healthy. I was supposed to get this job, God. What happened? Mm. But it allows a point of transparency for God to speak to us. But if I don't ask that question, and when they say, how are you doing? I say, oh, blessed and highly favored, and I fake the funk. Right. And I never get real, and I never get healed. Right. Mary was real. She had to be real because she was getting ready to walk around pregnant, not completely married, and she had the potential to be stoned because they would think she would slept with a man before the time. Right. So she had to be real. If I'm going to take this on, I need to be real with you. I, I don't have the time to not be honest and tell you what I really feel. Because halfway through this thing, I'm going to feel a different way. And it's going to hurt me more than I think it is. So I need to be honest right now. Right. Some of us, we can't be real because our cup, we can't get rid of our cup being full because we won't be real. Right. So then when God tries to pour some more in you, you're already full because you never completely emptied out how you really was feeling with him. That's right. So Mary was real, okay? You got to understand that. And that's one thing that I do I love about her, I honor and cherish. Then the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, was also conceived a son in her age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the manservant, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. The second thing that Mary is, keep rocking with me, okay, is humble. Okay. 
is humble. Because she said, your maid servant, haha, she knew, she knew who she was, so she would be a real, I, I, I'm not above this, I'm a maid servant to you, right. right? So your maid servant of the Lord, she was humble, she understood. And let me explain this to you, historically, with the Jews, right, every woman wanted to bring forth the seed of God. Every woman, that was the, the goal, right? Because from the time of Eve, when he said, your seed shall hit the head of the serpent, right? So every woman was expecting to give birth to the Messiah, but not every woman could. You had to be of the particular line in order to do it. And so they were looking for who was qualified and who was not. Now, okay, as time went on and Jacob had his seed and everything broke down, we knew it was going to come through Judah. So Judah, David, connection to Mary, right? But she was humble to recognize that this needed to be done. She understood that somebody had to do this. Somebody had to carry this weight. And so with her answer and her response of, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Mm. Right? Okay. I want y'all to take note of this humility, this characteristic, because this is important. Because she's saying, God, I'm going to do your will. I'm going to serve you. Even if it costs me, I'm going to honor you. Hmm. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. Because remember, her life is on the line. She can, she can potentially be killed. Because they think that she done slept with somebody that wasn't her betrothed. The third characteristic of Mary is she was a worshiper. Okay. We see this in the Song of Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 46, where she begins to magnify him. And she said, oh, my soul, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. So even in a place where she is potentially, her life is costing her, she still chooses to worship him. Even in a place where she may not be viewed by others as blessed, she worships him. Even in a place where she don't know what's going to happen, she worships him. Okay? This characteristic is important because it shows that, well, we can see why God is choosing you. Because you worship him. He didn't just pick somebody. He picked a worshiper. He picked a worshiper that would lay down their, their pride and say, I'll do your will. I walk lowly is what, and exalted the lowly and he has filled the hungry with. I'll give you your due credit, Lord. I'm not even going to want to look for anything that I may be needing, right? Fourth characteristic of Mary was she was scriptural. What y'all mean? She's scriptural. I'm trying to say it like Joe said. She's scriptural, okay? In the song of Mary, Mary is quoting psalms she's quoting the prophets she's quoting scripture she's not just getting up there and just screaming god she's actually quoting scripture this is big why is this big because they didn't have the bible that means mary went to synagogue she went to church she studied that means that she listened to her rabbi that means that she pondered on the word. 
that she spent time uh, understanding it because remember, they had to recite it. So she knew the scripture. That's important. That's important. Okay, the next characteristic of Mary is she's obedient. Okay, obedient. In verse uh, 56, I don't know if I have it on there. You, we read up before where the angel said to her that your, your cousin, Elizabeth, is also pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. And he told her, go to Elizabeth. Soon as she got done worshiping, she went to Elizabeth. She didn't wait three months before she started showing. She didn't wait till something else happened. She didn't wait to find out if Joseph was going to divorce her or not. She didn't wait to find out. She moved when the angel said moved. Mm. So she took the time to humble herself. Then she worshiped, right? She worshiped. I give you honor. I give you praise. Then she encouraged herself in the scripture through her worship. And then she moved. Okay, I need y'all to take note of these characteristics of Mary. Why am I saying that? Because we as mothers need to have these characteristics. We as mothers are the first teachers for our children. And these are the traits that we should be teaching our children. Hmm. Okay. Next characteristic is that she was brave. Hmm. It took bravery to actually carry forth the birth of Christ. Yeah, we think it's a blessing, yeah, but it took bravery. I'm telling you, just because her body is 13, 14 years old, that takes bravery to push that. She had never known a man. Never known a man. And so at this age, I'm going to push out a seed? Okay. That takes bravery. Bravery. And so that's the characteristic of Mary. Okay. Now, I wanted also to tell you, uh, not a characteristic, but something that is known for Mary, is that she had other children. She had other children. So, Jesus was not her only child. He was her first child. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so, why do I say that under the point of bravery? Because to have another child after having the first child, you got to be a brave soul. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, okay. Do I have one more up there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next characteristic is leader. Why do I say this? Why do I say this? Because when she went to Elizabeth, okay, it said that when she got there, in the belly of Elizabeth, the baby leapt. And Elizabeth said, blessed and highly favored are you, Mary, right? And so what does that mean? That means that for for her to go to Elizabeth, she takes the position of leader because she's being led by the word of God. And she shows Elizabeth what the word of God can do. That's important as a leader is that as I operate according to the word of God, I show others what the word of God can do so that they can operate according to the word of God. Amen. Okay. These are the seven characteristics of Mary. Why is it important? Let me talk about it. Let's go back again to John chapter two. Y'all ready? 
Y'all know it. We talked about the where she says, whatever he shall do, whatever he says to do it, do it, right? But who is she talking to? She's not just talking to a regular, my son, she's talking to the Savior. She's talking to the Messiah. And so what does that mean? So we have to take Mary's characteristics and line it up with who her child is. Wait, I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to pause right there. Okay, see, Mary's characteristics and who her child is. Every child we have is a different child. Every child you have will have a different result. You can't do an assembly line production with children. Right? You have to take your characteristics to the specific child. Whether you the godmommy, the auntie, or the grandma, you to the specific child. You can't repeat it because it's a different child. Okay. So you have to understand that. What you do with one, you can't do with the other. But that doesn't mean your traits change. Your traits stay the same. But how each child receives it is what the key difference is. Well, what do you mean, Taya? What, what, what do you mean how she receives it? Well, let's talk about in, on a, and I'm bouncing back now. <laughs> I'm going back and forth. So I, right now I'm going to go to Luke. Again, one, where we were told that she was bringing forth the Messiah. The angel said, name him Jesus, which means Savior among you, right? So one of the specific things that she has in this child is that he's a savior. Wait a minute. How can I be the mother of my savior? <laughs> That's actually very biblical. There's nothing outside of God's word in that. Why do you say that? Because in the Old Testament, the firstborn son was to take care of the mom. If anything was to happen, the firstborn son was in charge of mom and the rest of the family. And so him being the savior is nothing different than what she was going to have to do, whether he was Jesus the Christ or Tommy the heel figure. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Because he was going to have to take care of mom. Because that was the responsibility of the firstborn son. Well, what does that have to even do anything, Taya? Because it has to do with, and I'm going to bring you back up in a minute. It has to do with the fact that even though he's our savior, he was going to be her savior regardless. So what she's taking is the relationship that she has with him and spreading it for all the world to have. What does that mean? What does that mean? When I think about my son, I take the relationship I have with him and spread it with everybody. Why? How can Willie still be your son? Because I've learned how to be a, a, a mother of a son because of my son. How can I have a conversation with my dad? Because I learned how to deal with my son, so I have to talk to my dad. I take the relationship from that and use it with everybody. What do you mean? What if it's a daughter? What if it's a daughter? All I got is girls, right? I learned to take that daughter relationship and use it with my coworkers at work, my sisters. 
I learned to use it with my mom. The, the relationship I developed with my mom. Oh, let me have some more respect because I want my daughter to have this respect. Let me do this because I want this, right? And I learned to just take from the simple relationship I have and spread it and expound upon it. Yes. So you have to learn to take what you have and spread upon it. And it reminds me, thank you, Holy Spirit, of what Jesus did. Five loaves of bread. Five loaves of bread, right? Bring me that. Break it. Share it. Paul, he's, ta he's taking a trait his mama taught him. He's taking a trait his mama taught him. Bring me what you got and spread it for all to have. Y'all know that when mamas ain't got but beans and rice in the kitchen and how I'm going to make dinner for three, four kids. Wait a minute. Let me take it and multiply this and spread this. Y'all know that. Let me, let me see this when, when, when I ain't got enough time. But you know what? I'm going to stop right here and take five, ten minutes for this and spread it. Now you take five, ten minutes. And now we got time that we did everything in the day because y'all helped me. Right. Amen. Right. Y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> Why is that important? Why is that important? So she's seeing the perspective of this is gonna. This is my son, my firstborn, my savior. This is John chapter um, <clears throat> 19, 25 to 28. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clophis and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Fulfilled. We think that just what he did was fulfillment. But in the fact that he actually took care of his mom on his deathbed was a fulfillment. Because that firstborn has to take care of mom. So when he did that, he fulfilled more than just what his father said to do, but he fulfilled what his father said to do to take care of mom. He expounded and fulfilled this word more than we would ever know. We see it as just, oh, he just did that. No, he fulfilled it completely. Right? So that's what she, she's looking at when he's a savior. And so the angel says, I'm going back to Luke, y'all. The angel says, this is his savior. It's okay. Okay. Well, what does it entail to raise the savior? And there's three points I want to bring up to this. First point, okay. The promise. And I mentioned this. The whole word up until this point is speaking about the Messiah to come. So there was a promise of a Messiah. Okay. And so when Gabriel comes and says to her and says, he's going to be the savior He's announcing the promise to her. What does that mean? What does that have to do with it? Every mama should have a promise for that baby. That baby is not living off of what the world says, but off of the promise that God has given. See, the seed comes from the Lord. Every child comes from the Lord. It is not some accident, some mishappenstance. And I know that people talk about, well, abortion and this, abortion and that. But let me tell you, God is the seed giver. And every seed has a purpose. It may not be what you want, but if you are in relationship with the Lord, you will get that purpose and promise for that seed. We have to think outside of ourselves when it comes to our children. That promise comes from God. 
I named my son AJ, and I didn't know what AJ was going to stand for because God showed me AJ before he even got here. What do you, what do you, what, what do you mean? All I saw was AJ, Anthony, John, AJ. I didn't know what he was going to look like. I know what I wanted him to look like. I know what I wanted him to do. I know what I, and then when he got here, God said, this is my promise for him. And so we have to take the promise that God gives and spend time in it, not the design that you want for your child. Some of us are struggling as moms because we're trying to make our kids be a certain way because we don't understand the promise that was given before we got the child. You, you fighting against, I don't know why we're arguing all the time. We're bucking heads because you're going against the promise. Well, what do you mean, Tyre? What does that have to do with any of that? What, what, what is the promise? Okay. If somebody help y'all out. Let me the promise is important because the promise is what you set your child's path on. We don't create it. We consult God for it. That means that your child, when they come, will do the will of God. What do you mean? I'm setting my child up for the will of God and simply seeking God for the promise of what my child is to do. What does that mean? That's humility. That's humility. Okay, so let's look at, well, what does it look like to really, really have this particular child? Well, first of all, if you look at Luke chapter 1, okay. Oh, no, I'm going to Luke 2, sorry, 2. Luke chapter 2. We know that the promise was he's to be born in a manger, right? He's to be born in... And, and we like to go through the nativity and say there were three wise men and all that. No, we done messed all that up. They're not. Okay. Um, but he was born in the manger because the word said that he was to be born in the manger. One of the things in being born in the manger is, and I go back again to the economic status of Joseph and Mary. Okay. We think manger means farm. Somewhere in the middle of nowhere in that. That's not the way it was. The houses that were set up, they had the upper room. Y'all know the upper room in Acts, right? Which is where the rooms were, which was where the kitchens. Well, on the bottom is where the stables was because they had animals in the house. That's how they got their eggs. That's how they got their eggs. So when the house was filled, then you had to find another spot. Y'all know this. When y'all have family reunions, when y'all go, who's the last person that gets to bed? The youngest. Who's the last person that gets the most comfortable? The youngest. Dibs goes to the Otis. Well, with the census taking place and everybody coming to Jerusalem, Mary and Joseph were the youngest. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so he was born in a manger because of who his father chose. And so we're looking at it, right? And so in the process of him being born, <clears throat> in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord, the same angel that went to Mary, is now talking to these shepherds. Stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed upon them, and they were for, behold, I bring you good tidings, do not be afraid, of great joy which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So they are announcing the same thing he told to Mary. The same promise 
He told Mary, he is now announcing it to the shepherds. What's that mean? Well, there's going to be witnesses. There should be witnesses. The reason why we, when we do baby dedications, there's witnesses to hold accountable to the promise of what God said for that child. Right? Witnesses. We think of godparents as the status of, oh, I'm just supposed to do and make them look cute and looking like this or auntie and make them look. No, no. You're the witness. The promise. What's that mean? That when mama and daddy ain't doing it right, you need to remind them of what that word was that was given. You are held accountable to make sure that this child grows into the promise that's given as well. I'm not going to just stand by and let my nieces and nephews fall by the wayside to what the world says. When no, when the moment that I received word, I consulted God and said, what is your word for them? What is your word for them? Oh, I got another one. What is your word? They may not come through my body, but they are part of my life. So what is the word you have for them? And so he is bringing witnesses with these shepherds. And he's saying the exact same thing. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothing, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an a- with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts giving praise. Verse 15. So when it was when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven, and that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them. So they, when they got there and saw him, said that this is what was said about it. This is what was said, right? And concerning this child and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the shepherds. So everybody was amazed, like, wow, wow, right? But Mary, everybody said, but Mary. Mary. Who's Mary? His mother. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Why? Why do you say would Mary keep all these things and ponder them in her heart? Because this is exactly the same thing that the angel has said to her. So it's word for word what's being said, and so she keeps it. Well, let me explain something to you, okay? First of all, that term kept, okay? That term kept is where she is protecting that promise. That word kept means that she is guarding it, okay? That means that she's thinking, how do I? She's preserving it very closely, what's been given to her for him. Wait a minute. What is going to have to be done so that he can do this? So that the word 4933, Sontario, she is doing this closely to preserve. It's a verb, guarding it, keeping it safe so that he may be not lost or perishing. Wait a minute. What you saying? Part of the reason we got all these struggles with our sons right now is because we're not keeping words, ladies. We're letting the world just have them and it's perishing because we didn't keep the promise that was given. So she said, kept. It kept. And it was kept in her heart. What is that heart? That's 2588 cardia, meaning the center of her being. Mm. She kept it in the center of her being. What? First of all, that tells me mom, being a mom ain't about you. 
It's about your child. So all y'all who don't have kids and want kids, you better think about it because you get ready to have to be the most selfless giving person that you have ever met. If you're doing it according to the word. Because it's the center of your being. Which means I am constantly thinking, pondering, keeping my attention on, well, what do they need to eat? Where do they need to go? How do I, who do the friends they need to be by? Wait a minute, what money needs to be done with this? How does this, it's the constant. I don't, I sleep on it. I wake on it. It's always with me. It's the very center. But let me help you out. It's not just the center. It is my soul. My soul. What do you mean? It's the same word meaning soul. It's my thoughts and my feelings. It's revolving in my mind. It's the center in the seat of my spiritual life. The soul or mind as it sits, as it's the fountain of all my passions, my desires, my appetites, my endeavors, my affections, my purpose. It's in my inner man. Never after a day of conception do I go without thinking about this child. I don't care if you aborted it. You still think about that child. I don't care if you gave it up for adoption. You still think about that child. It is your inner man. I don't care if you miscarriage. You still think about that child. After conception. That's good. Becomes the innermost part. That's good. Well, well, what do you mean? What are you saying? And so, so she started working then for what was to come. And let me help y'all out here. Let me help you a little bit because when you when when you when you read this right, and it says that Mary kept all these things. The term these things means Rima. What is Rima? It's the very word of God. So these things, what do you mean these things? Yes, it's Rima. It's the same term for Rima. So all of these things, 4487, it's the spoken word. So what is she pondering on? What is she keeping in her heart? What Gabriel said? What the shepherd said. Mm. So when she keeps these things, some of us are letting other things come in to determine the things for our children. Oh, Oh, he got ADHD. He got dyslexia. Oh, he got this. Oh, the devil is a lie. What he got? He just needs me to do a little more. He just needs me to set him up a little more this way. He just needs to do. He just. What do I need to change as a mom to make sure he gets what he needs? Well, she gets what he needs. Amen. What needs to change for me so that the promise comes to pass? That's good. That's good. All right. So we're looking at there was a promise. There was a purpose when you're dealing with your child. Well, what do you mean there's a purpose in dealing with your child? Okay. The next set of scripture, Luke 2, 41, 52, we find them coming back down again, right, to Jerusalem. And Jesus gets lost. First of all, I don't think it would have taken me where they all the way get back to Nazareth and be like, where, where's my son? I'm sorry. I'm checking before we walk the door. Where are you at, AJ? AJ, I got some chicken. Right, right. <laughs> Where are we going to get some? Where are we going to get to eat, Tierra? Where are we going? So I, I went and went all the way to another city. 
you know. <laughs> but it said that that's what happened. And when they get back, and I'm going to jump down to uh, 46, uh, it's 45. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard were astonished at his understanding answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be found, must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother, everybody say, but his mother. But his mother. Kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. What does that mean? Again, she kept, okay? It's the same term kept, but this time we're going to add it a little more profusely with, with guard, mm. right? Because now he's a teen. He's a preteen. So now she's got to actively be, what, is he, what does he do? What do you mean? He's being found in other places than what I, where he was in front of me. So now I got to guard actively. Mm. It's not just thinking about the promise. Now I got to be actually active in the promise, right? What does that mean? Because when he's in the temple reading the scripture, he's fulfilling prophecy. So there's a promise to your child. There's a prophecy to your child. Because when they begin to actively pursue the promise, it's prophecy. And you take no longer just thinking about it, but now you're actually engaged in the prophecy for your child's life. And so we find here where she's engaged in it, right? And now she's, okay, I see what's going on. I see what, and again, these things, the word of God. Okay? Now, though, what's added to it is the term pos, which is 3956. And it means every part of her has to do with this. Not just the thought of it, not just keeping it inside, but every part. Okay? And I'm finishing up, y'all. I'm finishing up. So where does that take us? Well, because in every part of her, that means she has to get up off her seat. She can't call for the remote no more. She actually got to go get it. Because as they get older, they're going to say back to you, why don't you go get it? You know, what did Jesus say to her? Didn't you know I would be about my father's business? They start getting a little mouthy. And that's where you got to be like, some of us will be offended. Like, you better shut your mouth. Don't talk to me like that. And all of them. But what we got to do is take it back and be like, okay, does this line up with the promise, mm-hmm. with the prophecy? See, I ain't got no problem. My kids can say it to me. It won't offend me because I'm humble. Okay? And Mary's the same way. She take it back. Wait a minute. Because what it's supposed to do is produce obedience. And we see where Jesus went back and was subject to his mother and Joseph. So it was producing obedience, right? What does this all have to do with uh, turning the uh, water into wine? And I'm closing on this. What does this all have to connect and what I have to say this? Because now he's in the process and she's right there with him. Right? He's in the process. Now, you have to understand this third day there was a wedding gathering. Jesus just recruited his disciples. Hello, leader. All right. Okay. 
Now, yes, he's doing his father's instructions, but he's exemplifying his mother's traits. He just literally recruited Peter, Andrew, James, John, Bartholomew, who's Nathaniel. Bartholomew is actually from Canaan, Galilee, okay? So he literally, he don't have the full 12 yet, but he got them halfway there, right? And so when, when they come into the wedding, right, and she says, they have no wine. And he says, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hours not come. He hasn't completed getting his disciples to finish what his father said to do. He's in the process. Right? He's in the process. So he's not got everything about it. He's just only in the process. So what ends up happening? <laughs> First of all, some of us would be thrown off because he said, woman, woman, that's a term of endearment. You got to understand that. Woman, my time is not now. It's a term in there. When my son walks out, he says, Mom, sometimes I want to run. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, Lord, what are we about to get into? Right. When my daughter calls and says, Mommy, what's getting ready to go down? Mm-hmm. Right? You got to understand. So when he says, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? He's saying that this wedding is your concern, not mine. What does it have to do with me, right? And he says, my hour has not come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. What are you, what, 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 wait a minute. She just disregarded it. No, she knew her son. Right. She had kept the word. She knew what she placed in him, and she said, it's time. What do you mean? When you push that child out, your body tells you it's time. That's the first encounter that child has of pressure. Mm. What mean? What comes from pressure? Greatness. 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 So when you pressure them just a little bit, you pressure them in a loving way. You put it in a safe way. You put it to where everybody else is going to recognize the same greatness in your child Mm. that you see. When she said to him, whatever he says, to you, do it. She knew what she had put into him. She knew he wasn't going to get too showy because he didn't come from a house of boastfulness and arrogance. Mm-hmm. He came from parents who were humble. Who One is from her. The other, Joseph, had to be to take on another man's child. Mm-hmm. Right. So he, she knew the examples that he had of humility. She knew uh, that he knew about obedience because we read even then He came back and was subject to her. She knew the traits that he had put, she had put in him. And she said, you say it's not time, but it is. What do you mean? What do you mean it's not time? Well, let's, let's, up until this point, there were no miracles being done. Remember 400 years of silence. Wait a minute. What you saying? So the Jews knew the word. What is the word? It's water. But they were not being fruitful. What is wine? Fruit. And so she knew, okay, we need to produce fruit. And she knew who was the one that was going to do it. The Savior, her firstborn son, Jesus Christ. So she said, do it now. 
Do it now. What do you mean? There's going to be times as a mother that you're going to have to put your children in positions that they are uncomfortable, that they don't have confidence in, and that they feel they're not ready. Mm. But you, because you know the promise, you know the prophecy that needs to be filled, mm. and you, because you're standing right next to them. Give them the safety they need to do what they're going to do. Verse 11 says, This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. This was the beginning. She birthed the beginning for him. That is important to understand. Why is that important? Because he had just got disciples. What is he? he had just got his crew. She had, he had just got the ones that was going to follow him. And so, yes, they had said we will, but they hadn't seen him in action yet. Mm. And so she said, watch my boy. Watch my boy. See, yes, I know where he comes from. Yes, I was implanted with the Holy Spirit. So, yes, he has his father's instructions. Yes, he has the spirit. But I also know what I put in him. Watch my boy. Watch him do what I taught him to do. Watch him do what I showed him how to do. This allowed the others to begin to believe that Jesus could do the signs and the miracles. What did it take? His mother first believing that he could. Some of us are struggling with our children because we have not put the belief in them. We think they can do it. We want them to do it, but we're not acting on the belief. We have to be that first example, that first teacher, that our children can do these things. We have to know what we have put in them and allow them to flourish, not behind us, not in front of us, but with us. What did she know? She knew that when he gave instructions, he would give it careful enough that people could follow. Why? Because she had done the same thing for him. She knew that he was going to be simple enough to follow because she had done the same thing herself. She knew all that he encompassed because she kept the things hidden in her heart. On this Mother's Day, I want to remind you guys just how, perp- how important it is for our children to have purpose, prophecy, for, how, for them to have a promise, but also to have a process. Amen. And so if I 